have a very, very strong reaction to holes. Oh, yes. We've so it's like called uh, trypophobia or something like that. Mm. And I, w- I remember just sort of um, I always got freaked out. I had cottage cheese ceilings in, in oh, place. Oh, the popcorn place, ceilings. Right? Yeah, yeah, fucking worst thing ever. And I would look up. And because it's that sort of tackiness, there's like holes that end up being created. And I look up and I just think there's like all these things that are going to be like, I'm going to see eyes popping out. And I just, it'd be the most stressful thing. And I could never just lay there and look up at my ceiling. I'd have to get up. And then I saw there was this thing, just like a thread on Facebook. And it was like, oh, if you can sit through all these images, you don't have this thing. And I was like, what is this? And I got through like a couple of the images and I just would start shivering and my body would get pins and needles. And this oh my kind of- God. And then when I would go to the beach and I would like, and that's why I freaked the fuck out and I can't go snorkeling because when I had that experience a couple of years ago, when I was sort of saying um, I was on Magnetic Island yeah. and I was snorkeling and I sort of looked down and I just was like, freaking out and I'd swum too far out and as I was swimming back the tide started going out and so the coral was like 10 centimeters away from my stomach as I'm swimming all the way back and it was just the most terrifying thing oh and God. I just felt like I couldn't swim but I had to swim and, and then I got there and I was like <laughs> what happened and they're like it's just snorkeling it's a relaxing thing and I'm like it's not for me because I just I see holes and I just freak out and it just is a very sort of I have a very strong visceral reaction to it like some people have it that strong that they like throw up what stuff like yeah it's really intense for some people i'm not like so so intense but it is it's that's pretty intense that seems intense to me yeah i like i can't go stuck did i ever tell you it's stuck in an oyster farm when i was a kid oh my god so like i was swimming (laughs) at like lemon tree passage and there's like an oyster farm yeah and i got caught in the middle of it and i tore and i'm like not even joking (gasps) i scratched my entire legs up That's the worst. And because my mom's a good Australian, she was like, you'll be right. Did you get it infected or anything? Like she didn't put anything on it. Oh I was just, gosh. she was like, you're fine. Wash that shit out. She was too, she was like drinking. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, well, alcohol, that would have been fine. She just some bundy, oh, well, bundy yeah, rum around my fucking leg. Ew. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh my gosh. Should uh, we introduce the podcast? Yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm Rihanna. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to Wonder the Podcast. Yeah. And uh, this week's special shout out to our mate, Holly. Yes, Holly. We been, love you. We love you so much. <laughs> she saw me the other day yeah. and she walked in. When she walked in, she's like, oh, you're so thin. And I almost died. Oh. <laughs> I was like, hey, stop. Stop But it. keep going. <laughs> and she's like the most stylish person we know. Every time we see her, we're like, Fuck! I know. Like, it looks so good all of the time. Like Ugh. just always perfect makeup. This is now perfect clothes, the Holly hair. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just love you, Holly. Love you. Side note. Yeah. Um, every week we tell each other true crime stories. Yeah. And the other one reacts. Oh ah mm, ah <gasps> holes. <laughs> <laughs> just just throw that in there. Um, yeah, we were just talking about ASMR, which is so fun. Yeah. Which is so gross. You're gonna go home and Google it the yeah. shit out of it now. It's Yeah, ugh. yeah, it's great. Super interesting. And I liked all the soap video though. Soap, the soap, the soap the cutting soap cutting is one. really nice. It was really disturbing at the same time as it was amazing. Yeah. I was like It makes you want to cut soap. Yeah. <laughs> but like I don't want to waste soap. soap. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna see a little closer. Oh yeah. You. Come close. This way. Come close. Hey. Well, you're going to be wanted to help closer after this murder. Oh, no. Segway. <laughs> nice. Good one. Like uh, it. 
Okay. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. Okay, please. One, because they have the same last name as my mom. No way. Mm-hmm. And two, because I don't think you've heard of it. Oh. I get very excited when All I right, find something is, where I'm right, like, Sam's I'm not excited. heard of this. Give me. Okay, Give me. This is the Gonzalez family murders. Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Is it spelt with a Z or an S? Because I Z. hear. Okay. There's two versions of it. Portuguese or the Spanish? N- uh, Gonzalez or? is like Smith. Right. It's pretty much a, just the most. Well, I remember though someone was saying if it's Gonzalez at the end with an S, it's Portuguese. So and then if it's got the Z at the end, it's Spanish. Spanish is Z, uh, G-O-Z-A-E-L-E-S. E-S. Okay, so then the maybe Z it's the Z is... is in the middle. It can be an S as well. But, right. it, I mean, I don't think it's like a Portuguese thing. Maybe yeah, it is. I've never heard that. I'm just thinking of, I feel like it was my friend from Brazil who said something about it. But Gonzalez is like super common last name. Yeah. But these people are not from Spain. They're from the Philippines. Which also makes sense because... Because the Philippines were conquered by Spain and they were conquered by Prince Felipe. And that's why they're called the the Philippines. They were conquered. Let's say colonized. Colonized. Whitewashing, disgusting. Yes. Did happen. We did a lot of shit. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily whitewashing. But yeah, yeah, they were um, colonized and 300 years. Mm -hmm. So there is a really like a lot of people from the Philippines will have these very Spanish names. And they speak Spanish in the Philippines. Yeah. A lot of the time. And that's why I have lots of Filipino people back yeah. in my hometown that my mom would speak Spanish to. Yeah. I think it's um, Tagalog is the more like dominant language, which is mm. like the, the Fili- language of Philippines. But yeah, there is people yeah. who do speak Spanish. It's interesting. Is, yeah. So, and this has happened in Australia. Yep. So <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. We're going to just take you back to the night. Okay, so it is midnight yeah. of July 10th, 2001. <gasps> 2001. What was in fashion? Lip smackers. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like lip smackers sours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to have like the sour. And like those one. little things that were like Coke when lip smackers brought out, like Coke, Fanta, you know, vanilla Coke, Coke sort of yeah. funny things. Uh, boob tubes, denim skirts. Disgusting haircuts, really thin eyebrows, glitter. MySpace. MySpace, yeah. MySpace. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 2001. So midnight, mm-hmm. 21-year-old Seth runs across the road to his neighbor's house and screams that his family have been shot. Oh, my God. He said he chased t- two men away from his house and the neighbors come out of their house to like console him because he's mm. going crazy and they look down the street and they don't see anyone and it's like in a cul-de-sac mm. kind of thing. So quiet street in North Ride. They could be like, would find someone mm. running away. Yeah. Um, so the neighbors are trying to console him and then Seth tries to run back into his house. Mm-hmm. So he runs back into his house and the neighbors follow him. One of the neighbors runs off to p- call the police and another neighbor goes into the play- house and he goes, he tries to revive his mom who's laying on the living room floor. Oh. And then the neighbor had to pull him away and then he ran back to revive his dad. So he, and he's like crying and he's very emotional. He's trying to give them CPR mm. and the neighbor has to peel him off them and get him to sit outside because he can't be in there because mm. it's a crime scene now. Good neighbor. Mm. Good sense too. Um, when the police arrive, they go upstairs and find the body of his sister, uh, Claudine, and she had been strangled and beaten over the head. And How then old s- is she? Uh, she's, t- I think she's younger. So I think she's 19. Yep. Um, and she'd been stabbed several times in the abdomen. 
Wait, so stabbed, strangled, and, and beaten. And beaten. So, but she'd been stabbed post mortem. Oh, uh, shit. After she had died. That's okay. Like, so when you heard, when you first read that, what went through your mind? So it looks like overkill, mm. which is a term that detectives use when someone is trying to, like, it's more of an emotional attack. Yeah. But I'm going to, like, lead you down this thing. Okay, so they find her body upstairs. Teddy, the father, he's body's found by the front door and he's stabbed in the right lung. Gee. He's also been strangled and beaten. And then the mom is found in the living room with her um, purse next to her. Teddy's also got his briefcase next to him and mm. stuff's everywhere. Her purse is next to her and she's been strangled and stabbed and beaten. Mm. So let's talk about the Gonzalez family. Yeah. So the Gonzalez family moved to Australia in 1990. Seth was 10. At the mm-hmm. time, they moved after the earthquake that took out like a lot of um, places in the Philippines in 1990, and their hotel that they owned uh, collapsed in the earthquake. Oh, jeez. Seth was trapped in the rubble, and his dad bravely like went through the rubble and grabbed his son and saved him. Holy crap. So his dad's a pretty local hero and like, like just, a badass yeah and they still own properties in the philippines and mm-hmm. but they decided that they were going to move to australia mm-hmm. after that happened yeah so like fresh start kind of yeah. thing so they were sort of like um fairly well off not like a little oh, family but like well off they're extremely well off oh okay they're not like good they're not like richy rich but they're richer than most yeah um so they moved to australia and his dad starts working as an immigration lawyer Oh, fantastic. Which is so nice. That's really sweet. And then um, the mom is just like a, a homemaker, yep. Mary Louise. Mary Louisa. Um, and they're saying like the parents are super in love and like the sister talks about how when they started dating, like he was super romantic and it makes you feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, um, oh Felix. And on the outside, they look like they're a really tight knit family. They're mm. devout Catholics, so they go to church mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like really high expectation for the kids, especially Mm. their son, Mm. who they hope will become a lawyer or a doctor. Mm. Isn't that always the way? I feel like parents just like, "Mm, lawyer or doctor. It's like, those aren't the only two occupations. (laughs) (laughs) Or engineer. Yeah. Okay. Engineer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid one. Stephen's parents thought he was going to be a lawyer. (laughs) Oh, but you did so much better. You're a creative. Woo. Creatives run the world. Mm, they do. Yeah. Um, now, including and Claudine was like kind of like the family favorite. Like she was just super warm and nice mm. and she like would put everyone else's shit before herself. Mm. So she's like super willing to help out mm. and the family had all kind of, uh, Mary's family had all kind of moved to Australia mm. and they would all be like have a really like tight-knit group of people they'd all hang out with. Mm. So her and her sister were really close. Aww. Um. So go back to like after the death of these people, the police go into the house Mm -hmm. and they notice something, a few weird things about the house. Okay. In the bedroom, all the cupboards are open, but nothing is taken out. Okay. To make it look like a robbery? Possibly. Okay. So like that's weird. Yeah. That's like, but like they said it looked like a shop. Like everything's so neat and perfect. Mm. Was she like one of those mums that would buy like five boxes of soap and five shampoos and I probably and like, like keep it stocked up in the cupboard so if anything ran out she could go to it? Maybe. My nanny did that. So sweet. I like that so much. 
So go to the house and all the cupboards are open. All the cupboards are open in every in, bedroom. In every bedroom. Yeah. So, and that's strange as well. Rather yeah. than just one bedroom, every bedroom, but nothing was taken. So they look under Teddy's briefcase. They pick mm-hmm. it up and there's blood underneath it. Ooh. So that indicates that it's been placed in the blood. Yeah. And the same thing is with Mary's handbag. It looks like it's been placed in the blood because there's blood underneath it. Which is so weird. So yeah. maybe they'd gone through it and then placed it down or something or? I don't know. It's weird. Then they walk through and into, like, their house is massive. Mm. It's North Ride. North Ride's, like, fancy. Yeah. Or was fancy at one point. Um, they go through to the, like, I guess between the kitchen and the dining room and there's, like, this big graffitied uh, paint that says, fuck off Asians. Oh, so the police are looking now thinking hmm, maybe it's a bit of a hate, hate crime. Them. Yeah. But because like North Ride, but North Ride is predominantly Asian, like North Sydney is predominantly mm. Asian people. So that to me seems weird. See, unless maybe not, maybe maybe not in, in the 90s. In two, yeah, in 2001, they were late 90s, two, early 2000s. Um, I actually don't know too, too much about Sydney um, in terms of it's like demographic and stuff because I've been here a little bit, but it still also seems like did this person know the family? Did they? Yeah. Were they targeted? Is there anything? Would there be more after that too? Like, is that what? Did the investigators talk about this? Like, yeah, they were kind of leaning towards hate crime, but things yeah. kept popping up that seemed really inconsistent. Mm. And then in the kitchen, they find um, two knives are missing. Mm-hmm which they assume is a metal weapon. Mm. There's also a fly screen that's come off the back window, off the kitchen window, but the kitchen window is high off the ground. So to get in there, you need to like get a step and then walk, like get into the kitchen window. So it's not like a super convenient window to get mm. into. And you feel like someone would have to have known that was a point of entry? Or? And it's like ripped and then it's been taken off. Oh. Which is weird. Yeah. Okay. So the post the postmortem shows that the family had been killed between four and ten mm-hmm. p.m. Yeah. Um, Claudine and Mary's body temperature is lower than Teddy's, meaning that they were killed first. So there was time in between killing Claudine, Mary, and then Teddy. Wow. So that shows you something very interesting there, mm. because it's, it can't just be a broken entrance, right? Yeah. Because if you were breaking into someone's house and you killed somebody. All together, all at once. You'd have to do it all at once. Yeah. You wouldn't wait for them to stick around. Yeah. Unless, like, was it sort of, say, a 20-minute time difference or are they talking like, like hours. hours? Okay. Now, that's very weird. That is weird. Especially if the parents were assuming they were found downstairs and she was upstairs, mm-hmm. right? Then if they had killed the parents first then surely she would no. have heard or something she would she would have been killed first oh she, she was first and then the parents mm-hmm. oh and how did the parents not hear that's the kind of yeah, thing it's this like is as the, soon as it's yeah. the most bizarre thing so but they weren't all in the house at the same time oh like they had come home at different times so oh. Seth had discovered the bodies at 11pm when he mm. was but he was out in the um, city with friends that mm. night having dinner Emily Luna which is um, Mary's sister. I love, I love Luna. That's very cute. That's so That's cute. Very cute name. Emily Luna. Um, her sister, uh, she had dropped by the house around 6 p.m., but she said no one was home. Ooh. Mm. So because we know it was between 4 and 10, they assume, uh, then either 
she'd come home and they weren't home and they were killed later or someone was home but they were killed at that point then when someone else got home later or something. But then that, that person would have been waiting in the house and would have heard her knocking at the door. Wouldn't and that just, person run? Wouldn't that be your first instinct? Possibly. It's Unless all, you just waited a couple of minutes to see if she was going to leave. Oh, it's so weird though. It's so weird. So uh, Steph's po- party, like Steph's story starts mm-hmm. falling apart. As police notice some like inconsistencies in his story. So they find a shoe print in the blood mm-hmm. and it's consistent to Steph's uh, shoe size and a pair of shoes that he has in his cupboard. Two words. What? Life insurance. Does that come into play here? Uh, no, but okay, we'll get around it. Okay. So his shoes. His story is that he parked his car in the garage. Mm. So he turned the roller door on for the garage and it mm. went up. He parked and when he walked in the house, he chased two intruders out. Mm. If you heard the roller door Wouldn't and you were they? robbing someone's house, you'd fucking leave. Yeah. Because that gives you, and that's 30 seconds. That's 30 seconds of it going up. Yep. That's 30 seconds of you running. Yeah. As soon as you hear it, you go, shit. And you, and you can it. hear it through the entire house. Yeah. But also, would it seem that odd that his footprint was there because he did go into the house and he... See, that's the, I think that's yeah. the thing. Because mm. he did go up to the bodies and... And try to revive them. Yeah. So, mm. uh, He said that he tried to perform CPR on his sister, mm-hmm. but the postmortem showed that he did not. Which, why would you lie about that? It's fucking weird. That is very weird. Okay, so they um, – so Steph, had, like at the time of the death, had about, I think, an inheritance of $1.5 Okay, now we're getting warm. And the police are like, this kid's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And then it's all publicised because obviously this is like crazy. Yeah. And they go to the funeral and there's like a public – there's like people filming at the funeral, which I think is fucking weird. That is really weird. Don't do that. No. And then is Seth, it like seven news or like yeah, oh, something like fucking awful. Yeah. And then you do, and then oh, this is the worst part. And we will put this like we'll maybe put like a snippet, maybe thirty seconds of him singing. But he goes to the funeral and he sings an original song that he wrote for the funeral, and it is the fruity most men to boys to men, you know, take that version of <laughs> a song. Why did he? I just um. And the whole family was like, "That's fucking weird." It is a bit because you normally in that situation wouldn't want to be in the spotlight, whereas you getting up and singing I'm is sure, kind of in the. I'm sure everyone like reacts differently, and I'm sure like oh, people sing at funerals, but it was just it, you have to hear it. Oh my god, Stephen, can you just play it right now for just, Sam? Yeah, just a little bit. I'm really curious because I'm just thinking straight away that's weird like there's no part of me that's like oh that's kind of sweet that's that I just I would not have it in me and again grief affects everyone differently and maybe he thought this was a way of honoring his family's memory no but it just seems like when you get up to sing for something it it always seems like self-serving self-serving exactly um it's fucking bizarre behavior yeah it's called Seth Gonzalez like, singing at funeral. You know, it'd be like at a wedding where it's like, I'm going to sing a song for you two lovers. And then you're like, ha, ha. Uh, it's like, no, here I am going. So Seth, uh, they kind of start being like looking into him a bit more and they take Seth's computer because they take all the computers in the house mm. as like they do when a criminal charge case. Um, and search the hard drive and see what they searched. Mm-hmm. Like, and he had searched for poison. No, really. 
and he had bought seeds of the internet, which is, uh, which you can turn into poison, but the, the poison that you'd make is classified as a weapon of mass destruction because that's how potent these seeds are. Holy shit. Do you know what, what fruit I have no idea. They wouldn't say. Far out. But I'm guessing it's like something. Also, you don't buy that stuff if you're not thinking of something sinister. Yeah. Like what are you buying those for? Yeah. Um, And he's mum a week before she passed away was treated in the hospital for what they thought was food poisoning oh my days was it more than food poisoning was it like they didn't test her because they just thought no she's got food poisoning oh my god father okay here's some lies he told to his friends are you excited about this i'm excited i'm i'm so excited (laughs) he said that from the funeral song (laughs) yeah it's fucking cracks me up (laughs) he got a record deal Oh, then the lying comment is so, like, <laughs> true. You got a record deal. Who's going to go and view? If you'd be like, hey, I saw you singing I'm going to sign the next funeral. best thing. Let's go check out some funerals and see who's going to randomly get up and sing. <laughs> I want to sign that guy. What on earth? It just makes me laugh. He says to He's people. He's a witty. He says to people he was a champion kickboxer. Aww. Which is like, no, you're not. Liam McLiason. He's 21. And then he says to his friends that he runs a modeling company and he flies in and out of New York and he hangs out with like uh, top models and he like surely his friends didn't believe him. He has some – he's a compulsive liar then, isn't he? He's, he's got some things. He's, he's got some things to work through. And then he starts being even weirder. Tell me all the weirdness. Okay. He, freaks, he fakes a brain tumour. How can you fake a brain tumor? Okay, so this is this is like a little tidbit of the story, but this is the kind of person he fucking was. He put down a deposit on a Lexus sports car, which was about thinking he was going to be inheriting that money from mm-hmm. the parents. And dad. his parents had properties in the Philippines, so he called his auntie saying, "I've got a brain tumor. You need to send me 180 grand to pay for the car." And um, he sent her falsified documents saying that he like he'd photoshopped doctor certificates or whatever saying that he had a brain tumor and the, did aunt, the auntie sent she was like out? fuck no good <laughs> what did it was like a couple of weeks after his parents had died oh my gosh so he couldn't pay for his fancy lexus which is good so he starts pawning his mom's jewelry and selling off their cars so he got about eighty-seven thousand. Who oh, does that? Like, it's so, so sentimental to like pull on someone's jewelry off. Exactly. It's so There's so much stuff attached and there. And then the auntie and the rest of the family are just watching him being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because he wasn't. Be, he wouldn't be able to get his inheritance for like, it takes time. I think mm. like six or seven months. And plus they have to look into the, like they're still investigating yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So he thought he'd have all this money and he didn't. Yeah. Um, And then... Evidence started to kind of pop up about Seth and he had been fighting with his parents about his uni results. Um, so his sister had ratted him out. Okay. He had faked his uni results. So he got uni results back. He scanned them and then changed the grades and then showed that to his parents. Oh. Where in reality he was, f- he was um, failing out of university. Oh my goodness. So they... So his sister found out and told them that and they waited by the mailbox to grab his uni results before he could grab them and found out that he was failing. Oh, no. And then, of course, I would have been furious. 
A, he's failing, but two, he tried to like cover it up yeah. and lie to them. Which is worse. Yeah. And then he also had a girlfriend that his mum did not approve of. Mm. I'm guessing because she wasn't Catholic, which is never here or there. Yeah. Um, he also had a problem with bedwetting and he was 21. Oh, no. So he was a compulsive bedwetter and his sister Claudine would tell the other family members when he read his bed. Aww. And his mum knew because, like, she did the washing. Yeah. But he still – he refused to go see, like, any psychological, like, get help for it to stop wetting the bed. This is, like, one of the things that when they were drawing up, um, like, profiles of, like, serial killers – Back in like the eighties, like bedwetting, bedwetting, um, torturing animals, arson, arson, yep, um, and like usually Being hit on the head. white and early early thirties or late twenties kind of thing. But yeah, like that was, and I'm just like, did he have any history of, um, torturing animals? Or? No, I don't think so. Oh so fucking weird bedwetting. 21, that's, I mean, that's depressing. I mean, I'm sure people out there yeah. have that issue and it's totally fine, it's really but you fine. should go seek help yeah. for that issue. And, you know, some some people wet the bed until. Yeah. I guess it's only, you would feel, I'm sure he felt too embarrassed to or yeah, but I it think was a thing yeah, By the time you're 21, or... just like fucking do it. Yeah. Like there could be some serious medical issue attached to it and it's better to get it checked out than not. But. Yeah. Goodness. So um, all this happens and, like, Steph's kind of falling apart and then the cops decide to send an un- undercover cop to go and uncover what actually happened. And he folds like a pancake. If a pancake folds. Folding pancakes. <laughs> crepe. He folds like a crepe. Yes. <laughs> and he tells the undercover cop everything that happened. So who was he? Who did the undercover I, they cop? Can't, they didn't say, but what I assume is they sent like a girl to go flirt with him oh. and then he told them everything. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So is there like recordings of him being like, well, I did this and yeah. this happened? Yeah, he said enough oh. for them to get him in wow. and then we find out exactly what happened. Okay, tell me. Do tell you want to know? Okay. I want to know so bad. So, yep. 4 p.m., Seth mm-hmm. comes home after a meeting with his parents yep. and they've told him that they know about their uni results. Mm-hmm. And he's like okay and he's like super mad so he comes home and it's four o'clock in the afternoon he grabs a baseball bat from the base from the garage mm-hmm. and then he grabs two knives from the kitchen and he arms himself he knows his sister is upstairs so Cla- claudine is upstairs in her room studying he goes in he beats her over the head with a baseball bat she gets down on the ground and then he strangles her and stabs her post-mortem which also makes sense why it was such a violent, horrible, overkill death for her. Yeah. And the stabbing postmortem because he was so frustrated because she was the one who was like, who ratted him out. out. Yeah. And then he puts a red jumper over her body and waits for his mom and dad to come home, which is awful. Oh, so he would have heard the knock and he's just sitting in there with his dead sister upstairs. So what time did the parents come home? 5.30. His mom comes in the front, oh comes in the door and he, she goes, oh, hi, Seth, I'm home. And he goes, oh, mom, I'm in the living room. She goes into the living room. He comes in behind her and he attacks her from behind. Oh, my gosh. And he slits her throat and then he inter- uh, he empties all the, her stuff in the back. Uh, out of her handbag and then he's interrupted by the auntie trying to visit oh and the no. auntie forgot to tell the police that she'd seen Seth's car in the driveway which is some important fucking evidence and she was just like but yeah you know overwhelmed shocked and, yeah 
So he's like interrupted by her and then he can hear her and she went to go around the side entrance of the house, but something stopped her and Mm. she was like, I'm not going to go do that. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine if she did, then basically the her and her would son have, would, have, would have been alive. No, her and her son would have been killed. He would have killed them. You reckon? Oh, yeah. He was in such a frenzy. Possibly. But then he might have been psyched out and then ran or something. Maybe. Was she with her son? Yeah, she was with her little son. How old's the son? Ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a bit It's a bit rough. Okay. So then the auntie eventually goes away and she's like, I'll call them later. Yeah. And then at 7 p.m. his dad comes home. Oh. Seth attacks him from at the front door and then he um, stabs him multiple times and he stabs him in the right lung. So first he severed his spine oh, and then no. he was still managing to fight for his life and then he stabbed him in the right lung. My goodness. Which is awful. Okay. So Seth then has to make the house look the way. So like, what did he do with the murder weapons? Like did he wipe his fingerprints off the He threw them away. Okay. So basically what he did, he started to make the house look like someone had broken in. Yeah. And he's like, he killed his dad wearing his dad's clothes. I didn't mention that. He puts on his dad's clothes and then kills his dad. Mm. Isn't that the most bizarre thing to do? Very bizarre. But I guess it's so he could get rid of that and it would look more suspicious if he was wearing his own clothes. Yeah, I don't know. Find all the blood and stuff. But So he like does the graffiti in the house. He like... Uh, he breaks the back window. So it was and then, a diversion to have the... Yeah, and then he opens all the cupboards. Like, yeah. And he does all this, like, crazy stuff. And then he, at 8 o'clock, he goes and picks up his friend and goes to dinner. And then he comes... <gasps> Why is it always that people do the most, like, trivial, like, random things that we do every day after a crime? There's so many times where they've, like, brutally murdered someone and they're like, I'm just going to go to the movies. I'm just going to go and have dinner with a friend like nothing fucking happened yep. and then he goes home and then he goes at midnight he walks in the front door and then alerts the neighbors oh my gosh and that is the seth How did none of the other neighbors be like well the neighbors were shocked when he said they've been shot because oh. they didn't hear a shot yeah and it's and they're all the house is so big yeah. i imagine like the huge blocks so they, they obviously didn't hear them screaming yeah that's what I mean. It's so weird that no one else saw or heard him come and then go and then come and then go kind it's of thing. Like, just wild. So he got life in prison. Good. For that, thank God. Is he singing in prison? <laughs> <laughs> the singing at the funeral Do a weekly is show? particularly oh, awful. Oh, have we found it yet? I just want to have a little listen. It's. I just cannot get over. That's just insane. There he is. He, like... Looks like such a douchebag. If you saw him on the street, you'd be like, what a wanker. He just seems like a very selfish, self-indulgent, horrible. Oh, that's what it said. It said, fuck off Asians, KKK. Now, that's funny because they blurted out in True Crime Australia and I was like, what does that top line say? And KKK, why are they blurring that out? (laughs) I don't know. Also, not a thing here. Yeah, exactly. We have white supremacy. Don't get me fucking wrong. Yeah. But I don't know what they're called here because we don't have KKK here, surely. No. I feel like someone's going to write in and be like, actually, we do. (laughs) I I would be – it's just something that seems – it makes so much more sense that he's written this because it just seems like a stupid, desperate attempt to try and like throw – To throw someone off. Yeah, exactly, throw someone off. 
This but is my as a police officer, if I read that, I'd be like, this is fucking forged. Like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah, someone like, were to read No one's like that. writing that. Also, who are you trying to be? The family? Uh, <laughs> um, so this is like this story like scares me because this is my biggest fear about having kids is that they could kill you I look when we were d- on the side when we were sort of looking up just on YouTube before on the side there was oh they look so cute together the family I know it's horrible um to the right, there was this one about um, – there was a guy there and I saw his picture and I was like, I literally watched like two days ago about this same guy who was self-indulgent douchebag who didn't go to university or dropped out after like six months, continued to take his parents' money that they were sending him and he would just go to strip clubs and just would hang out, live in his life, oh pretended to graduate, come home. He forged all his like – transcripts and documents and stuff like that too came home they went out for dinner to celebrate and then they were killed that night and it was just so weird because it was three family members well the dad survived oh Um, my god but similar thing and I'm just like both of them were just self-indulgent douchebags that were failing that were probably quite intelligent but were just lazy and didn't want to it was just like like I don't know because I feel like he had a strict upbringing but it annoys me that like you have like why try yeah. just yeah. you can fail university it's totally fine your parents I mean no your parents would be disappointed and whatever yeah but like I think also it's probably like like what you were saying like growing up with that pressure and then instilling a kind of sense of like fear of failure and then once you do fail it's kind of like oh well it, it becomes like this whole complex of like I could try mm. why bother perhaps nothing's going to be good enough or they just couldn't be bothered and they find other ways to get what they want this is so without having to work as hard, right? Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, that's- that he was like, oh, I could just, I could go to university. I could work really hard like my father did, like, you know, my I family try. did. I could try, but it's so much easier just to knock off my family and, and then take I all don't the money. have to, and take all the money, right? So that's same with this douchebag in um, somewhere in Texas, I think. Uh, it was just the easier option. It's his parents, he's standard to inherit like millions of dollars. And obviously for this was just a default killing the sibling because it was like no one else to share the money with. Yeah. Whereas this guy obviously had um, big issues with his sister that he had to like, that's intense to scab, to scab, <laughs> stab a dead body. Let alone it's intense to just like fucking calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Chill out. Don't be a lazy asshole. So what have we learned from this episode? <sighs> Don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, it scares it. me so bad. Like you always see those stories about Ugh. this teenage daughter killed her mom because she didn't like yes. her boyfriend. It's like fucking who cares? I watched one of those the other day. Oh, teenagers. Oh. They scare the living shit. He's not even a teenager. Oh, He's my gosh. full grown adult. Teenagers scare the living shit out of me. They really do. This was really great podcasting. This was such a really interesting, great, intense story. I just can't get over. It just makes you so mad and it makes you more mad because you just know he's just a very self-indulgent selfish lazy human well you know now in prison he's like definitely unhappy oh yeah 
Ain't no Lexus in prison. Yeah, no Lexus and possibly still bedwetting habits. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, look. Which is not, again, making fun. It's just I think that would not resolve itself in prison. If anything, I think it would probably get worse unless he has access to, which I'm sure he does, to um, psychologists. Um, I think so. Hopefully, Seth, I think I hope you've gotten that sorted. But also, you're going to be in prison forever. But also, so. fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Your parents, man, like they would have sacrificed so much just to have a good upbringing and they just wanted what's good for you. Yeah, they put high pressure demands on you but they it's all out of love and they just want you to do well and succeed and to be able to like be a fully self-sustaining like human and you just were a lazy a-hole it just sucks and his sister mm, just awful but i always just think that like i think too much into especially like family massacres and i just think the last thing these people would have known before they were killed is that my son is killing me well yeah my brother is killing me like that's the last thing like that they would have known in their consciousness before they died you know it's just so horrible it's so sad rather just than being you know snuck up on or whatever i mean no the way is good but like that's their last uh, <gasps> well that's fucking sad and yeah. bummed everyone out <laughs> sorry uh, guys <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that guys um um so <laughs> that was um that was good that was, for you. That was really you. I can't believe I I mean I was nine at the time. So you I were nine. Wasn't aware. I was nine. I was 11. nine. I was eleven. My little brother would have just been would be yeah. well my mom would have been pregnant with my brother. Yeah. What month was was this in? It's July. Like, ooh, okay, yep. Because I'm thinking all I remember in two thousand one that obviously dominated the news was nine eleven. Yes. I remember oh yeah, nine eleven. Everyone can remember where they were. When, when they, they heard found ab- out, when they heard about That's it. That's true. Where were yeah. you? I was in the kitchen and I was like nagging my mom about something and she was like doing the dishes and we had the radio on and I was like, mom, I'm trying to annoy her. And she was like, shush, shush. And she just like really sort of snapped at me like, shush, you need to be quiet. And I sort of was like, whoa, something serious. And then we just overheard over the radio and I was like, what's going on? What happened? And she was just like, <gasps> shocked. And she was just like, you know, bad person basically like you know yeah and then we went to school and then all the kids i kid you not we're all like the afghanistanis are coming to get us oh queensland like oh they're gonna first thing's gonna be a shithole little town pittsworth that's so pretty but it's like population 1100 people (laughs) i'm gonna get that kirk's factory the the cheese (laughs) factory the only two things we had in that town (laughs) and it just goes to show like how people but every so where were you i was okay so i found out at school i remember going to school that morning and it was on all the tvs and people we were just watching the news for like two hours yeah and it's been like whoa (sighs) and now like it's i think it was hard because i guess like we were in catholic school and it was Mm. hard to kind of Mm. Navigate. They're not happening. good with emotions. No, they, they were like, oh. Oh, "Can you suppress that shit? <laughs> Do we have to deal with it?" And I was like, oh, "Okay." And yeah. I just, I don't, I think it just blew my mind. Like, yeah. but you saw those images of like, the planes going in yeah. to the buildings, and it's just like, yeah, you know, mind blowing when mm. you're 11 and be like, "Yeah, cool." Uh, I think that's like, yeah, weird. Yeah, that was a weird day. And because it, there was so much sort of like. I've read some interesting papers where they talk about like um, shared trauma 
Mm. And of course, when you've got big, massive, like things like 9-11 or um, war and, and, and certain things that happen or tragic sort of natural disasters, there's like this shared trauma and especially something like 9-11 happening to a country like America that uh, is sort of always, it seems like America is always at the center of like everything. Yeah. And even the way they design their maps in school, like, they don't sort of do it sort of geographically accurate. They have it so America's like in the center and looks massive in comparison to a lot of the countries surrounding them. That's so so they kind of, weird. yeah, and the way they sort of, they just, and anything that's sort of happening, like it's amazing when Australian news makes its way over to America. It's like, oh, we're kind of important. Yeah. They're, they're talking about our bushfires. You know, this is really massive here or in any other kind of country. So, of course, when something happened that big in America to, massive sort of uh, landmark mm. and also of, of course all the images and everything but they also talk about um what they call where it's like trauma tourism where massive flocks of people flock to these areas like you think of Auschwitz and where they call ground zero which is now where they've sort of made these like lovely fountains yeah where 9-11 sort of took place and people flock because it's like almost see you know they're getting sort of closure because they feel like they've been deeply affected by this one that's wild so it's so fascinating that freaks and me out and it's so true like the amount of people that go to these places and because they just want to be a part of it because they feel like you know it was a, a part of their life and everyone's got that sort of 9-11 story um and I remember watching a documentary where they were the one of the guys who was one of the the radio people in the tower with airplanes and mm. they're kind of like talking about the moment when they were like hang on where's this plane going it's going off course and they were just like what's going on where are you going and they were sort of tracking it and then they sort of see on the news and they see this image of this plane going into the tower and just the way this guy's telling it you were just it just sort of was an out-of-body experience that you're thinking is this even happening like did I just see what I saw. So <gasps> fucking crazy. Oh, intense. Uh, Tell us your, where were you? 9-11 Yeah, story. like right in. Tell us your, at uh, one of the podcasts at Gmail. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also like us on Facebook and yes. like Instagram. Oh. And like, I don't know, early on the things that you do. Just yeah, be social. Just, just talk to us. Just hang out. Those are, that was a really good story. Thank really, you. Yeah, I thought you'd was, like it. It was really good. That was really intense. And I just, all I want to do now is listen to him sing. I just can't believe he had the gall to be like, yeah, I'm going to record deal. What a fucking so, dude. <laughs> if you have a record deal, write into one of the podcasts. <laughs> Let us know. Did you get it for singing at your, your, your family's funeral. funeral after you murdered someone? Yeah. Very doubtful. He's such a weird human. What a wanker. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye. Bye.